Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors on the mic with you. Thursday, we are rolling downhill towards the weekend. Almost there. Hope you're having a great week. We are. We're rocking right along. Uh, just um, going through the motions this week, it seems like. Had have had uh, its ups and downs, had parts problems and whatnot at work and that kind of thing, but not going to let it get in my way. I'm kind of excited about this message. Um, I, I kind of wish God would, would maybe do this in different time frames. Uh, this happened to be about 3.30 in the morning, uh, yesterday morning, when um, I, I was awakened through some, some physical difficulties I'm having with one of my arms. It's having some problems with uh, some muscles and some cramping and some things. But in the midst of me having to sit up on the bed, God, I guess uh, you can call it a dream, you can call it a vision, whatever you want to to refer to it as, God took me somewhere spiritually um, in the midst of my agony, <laughs> and, and and it just has struck me, and it has stayed with me, uh, so I had to write this all out, and what was crazy is I wrote this message all out yesterday uh, in my truck while I was driving into work, and when I got to work, I sat in the truck until I had this all put together while it was fresh on my mind, and then Rhonda and I went to our local church that we attend, uh, Cimarron Valley Worship Center here in Perkins, and for the Bible study last night, and Pastor Larry Huff actually, right off the bat, he talks about James 5.16, and I'm like, I looked at Rhonda kind of funny, and I opened the note field on my phone, and I opened up today's message, and I showed her that it had the exact same context of Scripture. And I love it how when God does things like this, I, I shared that with Pastor Larry yesterday um, after the service, uh, just to, you know, I mean, it's kind of a confirmation to both of us that that, that we are where we should be um, mentally and spiritually and spiritually thinking as God's pouring out on his people during these last days. But I titled this Time for War. Now, I was awakened in the early hours of the morning, either a dream or a vision, whatever you'd like to call it. And this dream or vision was with Rhonda and I in our living room, walking around, pacing, whatever you want to call that, praying with a passionate urgency over names written on a dry erase board that we had recently decided to add to our home's decor. This is a feature that God showed me when we uh, that we needed while we were in Texas um, at a Reboot Recovery event recently. Now, what continued to come to my mind is how urgent a time we're in. We all know lost people. We all have lost family members. We have family members who are struggling. We have friends that are lost or struggling. We have acquaintances who are lost and struggling, and just folks in general who are living without hope. We encounter them on a daily basis. We, we have these conversations about war. We, we speak of daily battles. These are all things that we, we have in our common language. I have had them in my ministry speaking recently. We recognize the need for prayer, and we talk about, oh, we're, we'll pray for you. There's constantly people asking for prayer, and we're, you know, we're constantly replying, we'll pray for you. But the question looms large today in my mind. Are we engaging in this fight? Talking about something without getting involved serves no useful purpose. You, you catch that? If, if all we do is talk about something and we never get actively involved in it, our words serve no useful purpose. Now, we understand this war. We understand that it is war. And we understand the war that I'm talking about. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual war. And it's our fight to fight. 
No one else can fight this for us. No one else can fix this for us. It is our fight to fight. We are called for such a time as this. You hear that come out of my mouth a lot. I actually put together a message today that that's going to come out of my mouth again when I get to preach it. (laughs) But we are here and we are called for this time, for this purpose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. Now, we understand that, right? I mean, I'm a well-armed citizen. I, I like having my armament. I like carrying my weapon. I carry one every day. I like shooting. I love having guns. I hunt. I fish. I do all those things. But we understand that the weapons of the war that I'm talking about today have absolutely nothing to do with my gun safe. They have absolutely nothing to do with what I carry on my hip. The weapons of our warfare today are spiritual. It goes on to say the weapons of our our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. You ever thought about how to capture a thought? Better yet, how do you make it obedient to Christ once you got a hold of it? Well, how about this? How about if you replace it with something spiritual? Maybe a memorized verse or a worship song. Now, now here's, here's the deal. We have thoughts that enter our mind constantly. I mean, the world we live in today, most of the thoughts are, are, are dirty. They're filthy. It's, it's garbage. We live in a world full of garbage, and this garbage enters our mind constantly, either through music that we're hearing, someone speaking words, a TV show we watch. Wherever it comes from, this garbage is constantly flowing into our mind. How do we capture these thoughts? Well, it's pretty simple. I've used this analogy. God showed me this analogy a long time ago, and I've taught it. I've used it. I personally use it. When my mind begins to wander off in a place it shouldn't be, when my thoughts are leading me into a dark road, you you understand the need to capture those thoughts. How do you capture a thought? The easiest way that God showed me is I use a song. I have a particular worship song. It's an old one, but a goodie. Darling Check from the Hillsong Worship uh, in Australia had written a song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. I love that song. I can get that song spinning in my head. I know every word of it. I know how it goes. So I can instantly, when, when I recognize, and this is something you have to, you almost have to train your mind to do, and it's a forceful thing at times. It takes discipline. Because when your mind goes places it shouldn't, sometimes we enjoy those thoughts, and we shouldn't. We need to capture them and get our mind back where God wants us. So when those thoughts start occurring, I get this little song playing in my head, Jesus, lover of my soul. And before you know it, that's what I'm singing in my mind. I'm singing this song. You could do the same with memorized scripture. You could, you could take a memorized passage of scripture, and the minute your mind goes wandering off, you recognize it, you start quoting that scripture in your mind. You don't even have to do it out loud. Just put it in your mind. And as you do so, guess what happens? You're no longer thinking about what you were. You're thinking about what you are. Does that make sense? So now instead of thinking the worldly garbage, you're thinking about your song or your scripture. In doing so, 
you have successfully captured that thought. And not only captured it, but because you're using something spiritual in its place, you've made it subject to Christ. Man, I hope you can use that. That is, a, that is an excellent tool, is a useful tool to learn how to capture our thoughts when our minds are going places they shouldn't. Man, you can use this in so many ways. It doesn't have to be about anything crazy. It, it can even be about depression. It can be about when you're not feeling well. It can be whatever, if you're angry, if, if you're worried, if you're fearful, capture that thought, get something in its place spiritual, and you've now made it subject to Christ. In this vision or dream or whatever, I continued to hear a particular passage of Scripture, and I just mentioned it earlier, James chapter 5, verse 16. Now, wordages are different depending on what, what uh, version of the Bible you're looking at. I want to share a couple of three of them with you here. James chapter 5, verse 16 in the New King James says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It finishes with the effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That, that, that The key ingredient, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man. A fervent prayer is, is something having or displaying a passionate intensity. Something that's hot, burning, or glowing. That's fervent. So our prayer needs to be passionate, be full of intensity. In James chapter 5, 16, in the New Living Translation, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The word earnest means it comes from resulting or showing sincere or intense conviction, a sincerity about what you're praying. You know, to just say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you, and then we go on about our life, there's no sincerity in that. When I tell somebody, hey, I'm going to pray for you, I take the time right then. I speak their name out and, and just say, God, whatever's going on in their life, do something about it. And I, and I mean it. I want to be a sincere and intense conviction about that prayer, that earnest prayer. If you look at James 5.16 in the Amplified, it says this. Therefore, I love that, you know what that means. Because of this, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses. You ever offended anybody? Mm-hmm. And pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. Listen, our prayers have no effect at all. It's by His power. It's by His Holy Spirit. It becomes effective through God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power when applied correctly. That word persistent is continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So it doesn't matter what's coming. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. Maybe it's somebody you don't like. Are you going to pray for them anyway? The Bible says we're to. We're to pray for our enemies. It's like heaping coals of fire on their head when we do so. Oh, I love that. I used to think, oh, yeah, God, burn them down. I'm going to pray, I'm gonna pray for that. Burn, heap coals of fire on that joker's head and burn him to the ground. Well, that's not really what it means. When we heap, when we pray for our enemies, that heaping of coals of fire is that uncomfortable thing that happens in their heart. As we allow the Spirit of God to move upon us, even when we don't like somebody, and we start praying over that person, that, 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 that Spirit of God that comes upon them makes them miserable. I pray that over people all the time. You've heard me say it. I hope you're so miserable that, that you're, you're absolutely miserable and uncomfortable until you give your life to the Lord, until you begin to follow Him the way you should. 
I'm going to pray it over you tonight. As every listener that hears this message, I pray that you're absolutely miserable until you learn how to pray correctly and you learn how to get passionate before God for the lost, seeking out that what is lost that it may be found. This passage talks about confession. Confess your sins to one another. Yeah, we don't like doing that. But to confess means to admit or state that one has committed a crime or is at fault in some way. You, you think you've been faultless in your life? I think not. I tell people all the time that I have failed miserably. That's a confession. I have failed in my life. I failed God miserably in the early part of my life. I was, I was into adulthood before I ever surrendered my life to Christ. I wasted half my life. Hopefully less than half because I'm past that now. But you understand what I'm saying? We're to own up to our own faults. And when we do so, it, it, it clears our heart. It clears a path. When we own up to our faults and, and our sin, then we begin to pray more effectively because we're no longer hiding anything. We don't hide it anyway. We fool ourselves. We don't fool God. And we might fool some other people, but God knows us inside. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. So, so when, we, when we clear our plate before God, when we, when we effectively confess our sin before God, then it, it allows our prayer to be more effective. Prayer without effective power is nothing more than just tossing words up into the air. You understand what I just said? For, for someone who's not a follower of Christ, for someone who isn't surrendered to the Lord to tell you they're praying for you, those are meaningless words because God doesn't even hear the prayer of the unrighteous unless it's a prayer of confession, unless it's a prayer of repentance. You understand that? But listen to this. The fervent, passionate, intense, earnest, and sincere, heartfelt, firm, and persistent prayer of those in a right standing with the holy God seeking his will can and will move mountains. Those types of prayers will win battles. Those types of prayers will regain lost ground. Those types of prayers will restore lost souls. We've got to learn to pray with passion. We need to get hold of the horns of the altar until we see a breakthrough. We, we need to grab hold of the altar. We need to pray passionately until we see God bring answers. Until you got a lost loved one, you, you've got an issue going on in your life, you need to get hold of the altar and you need to hold on tight and you need to tell God, I'm not letting go until I see you move on my behalf. I'm not letting go until something changes. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to quit crying out until I see the answers to the prayer that I'm seeking. We need to get hold of the horns of the altar until we see a breakthrough. It's war. We must engage in this battle. We cannot sit idly by and let others fight for us. doesn't work that way. We've got to engage in this battle. It's time to position ourselves as warriors of prayer. It's time to position ourselves as intercessors. You know what an intercessor is? The, 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 the terminology for an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap for it's what Jesus is doing for us. He is interceding for us before the Father. He's pleading our case is the other word for intercession. It's the pleading of another's case. Well, that's exactly what we need to do for the lost. You have a lost person in your life, plead their case before the throne of God. 
Ask God to move mountains. Ask God to to rain down His Holy Spirit on their life. That they become so miserable they can't stand it until they repent. Until they come to know Him. So that they might be used of Him according to His will for His plan for such a time as this. It's a time of war. And we're in this war. We've got to learn to engage in this battle. That vision that I saw of Rhonda and I in our, in our, in our living room, that's not real uncommon. Her and I do that uh, privately in most cases. I've been known to do that in my truck. I've had to pull over because I was so uh, awash with emotion as, as I began to pray for somebody or something, our family. We, we pray passionately over our kids. We pray passionately over our grandbabies. I've done it in my garden. I've done it in my backyard. I've done it running down the highway. I do it in my in my sleep, apparently. But I saw us in our living room, corporately gathered together over this whiteboard. God God showed me when we were in Texas that I needed this whiteboard and I need to put certain names on this board. I know I know that I know who the names are. I know who needs to be on this board. I've already mentioned to some that they're going to be on this board. We pray for them every day. But we're going to write them on this whiteboard. I just got it today. Matter of fact, it's fixing to go on the fridge. And we're going to pray over these names, and we're going to pray passionately over them. We're going to go to war over these names that are going on this board. Some of them are our family. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are our fellow ministers. Some of them are people that we just know have need. And we're going to passionately bombard heaven. We're going to go to war. We're going to engage in a battle spiritually over these these names, over this these needs, over this what's going on. I, I used to tell people all the time, my mom's had both her knees replaced now. I'm probably the cause of that. <laughs> because my mom spent many, many hours on her knees praying over my soul. It took a long time. It took a long time for me to surrender. Don't wait any longer. Get your life right with the Lord tonight. Get get right with him right now. Simply surrender to him right now, listening to this podcast, and commit your life to him and begin to engage in this battle. Maybe you know him. Maybe you're just sitting on the sidelines idly by. No longer can we do that. We're here for such a time as this. Pay attention to that word, for such a time as this. That's why you're here. That's why this message is coming to you right now. That's why you're listening to it right now. It's for such a time as this. Engage in this battle. Surrender your life to Christ and allow him to use you as a weapon in this war. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Rhonda and I love you. We pray over our listener base. We pray over these podcasts as they go out, that God touches you, that he moves mountains in your life, that he answers your cry, and that he blesses you immensely. You want to support us financially, you can do so. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. There's buttons there you can push. There's right on our Facebook page. You want to support us, there's all kinds of ways to do so. Continue to pray for us. Put us on your whiteboard. Pray over Rhonda and I. Pray pray that God uses us and that we, we are continually willing vessels to be used by him in whatever way he chooses. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.